0: Hey guys, and welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Today's guest is Derek Moss. Um, Derek, do you just want to give us a short bio about yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, by the way. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, Dan, Dan knows me as a musician, um, primarily a guitarist. Like, I've been playing guitar my whole life, uh, since I was eight. Um, I've been in a handful of bands and projects. That's also kind of how Dan knows me from... A lot of the bands I was in in college, um, more recently been doing some solo music releases, which are veering a little more on the electronic production side of things, but like incorporating some guitar here and there. Um, I also do, uh, music marketing professionally, um, for independent artists and, um, I used to DJ, um, and, and, yeah, I used to play Ultimate Frisbee.
0: Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Ultimate Frisbee, just regular Frisbee. Uh, well, there's not really, like, a formalized version of regular Frisbee. I guess that would huh. just be kind of, like, friendly throwing a Frisbee around in a park. But all, Ultimate Frisbee is, like, a sanctioned sport with, like, rules and regulations. Gotcha. it's kind of like um, It's kind of like soccer meets football. Uh played with a frisbee gotcha it's it's quite simple it's it's kind of just like trying you and your team trying to get the frisbee into the end zone Uh um and you're not allowed to walk with the with the disc oh um and there's like a a stall rule where you you can't hold it for longer than 10 seconds um but yeah it, it it's it's quite simple but also quite competitive, there's tournaments around the world yeah that is that it. does
0: not sound simple like i would it's, it sounds hard but the whole no 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 stall rule like I don't know if I could do that yeah, I would get tripped up yeah definitely
1: yeah it's that's definitely um a a knot for beginners
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, has there ever been like a like a like like a uh, doping scandal within like the ultimate frisbee? I mean, because of what there's like doping scandals in like almost every sport, right? Well, like, yeah, like,
2: but like how much of a fucking like egomaniac do you
1: have to be the <laughs> to play If,
2: there, if there was, <laughs> I just you know? like
1: I don't think anyone would care. I, it's like
0: it's sort of yeah.
1: It's not like there's a lot of investment going on in professional (laughs) ultimate frisbee like all all the like best all professional ultimate frisbee players like probably work nine to fives
0: anyways (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean do you think the sport could could become bigger in in the future or anything like that
1: yeah i mean i don't think it made it to the olympics but i think there was definitely a discussion about it and if it ever does make it into the olympics then that would up. Open up a whole can of worms as to like the popularity of yeah, the that sport. point. Then,
2: then you dope. If it's then, the yeah, yeah, then you dope. You dope. If go yeah, to the Olympics,
0: yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, All but right? uh, yeah, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about
1: your your musical journey. guess like, how how did you start?
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I I started like when I was eight years old, and like my parents signed me up for guitar lessons, and that's kind of well, my bread and butter has been like my whole life is, is practicing and playing the guitar and writing with the guitar. Um, so it, it, from, from eight years old until I graduated high school, it's just been, I, I had a guitar lesson every Saturday morning f- from, for 10 years with the same guy. Oh, um, and, and through that been in bands here and there and, around high school kind of when the EDM bubble happened in, in the US, I like got really into that and uh, learned how to DJ and, and downloaded like my first DAW, which was logic. And I, I like, originally I, I downloaded logic to try to like make house music and make dubstep music. But I kind of, I kind of grew out of the genre. And with that, like did when I, when I would try to write music, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to make house music. It's just kind of like, hanging out in the in the software and making whatever came to mind like I, I don't really with my solo music like there's not really a genre to it. it's like I have a couple like lo-fi hip-hop tracks and, mm-hmm. and like I, I have like a hip-hop track um with a friend of mine and like kind of a chill house song but like uh, there's probably so much more to come with like there might be some jazz inspired stuff and it's just like whatever I want to put out and make in the moment. Cause I listen to so much music. Um, so we'll see. I think terms of like what's on the horizon is like, I want to start another band, start writing with a guitar, another guitarist, a bass player and a drummer again. Um, and yeah. I think you have sort of
2: like an interesting insight because you say you also do like music marketing. So like Mm -hmm. when it comes to like that aspect of it, like how do you market something that like doesn't really have a a set genre?
1: Yeah, it's tough. And that's a really good question. (laughs) And um, I uh, it's, it's starting to come out in the writing too, because what I'm realizing is it's like, I could pitch to Spotify playlist curators, better target, better with Facebook and Instagram ads, if the genre is specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with this last record I put out, that's like a chill, like lo-fi house. Like, like it's it's very easy to track down what playlists that will work with and, and how to do the interest targeting in Facebook. Um, so if I could define that genre per song, then the marketing isn't um isn't really a struggle but Mm. you know i like to experiment too and then i'm not always gonna be writing that style of music and i want to you know direct people to my catalog not just like the one song so it's um i don't know like with my solo music like it's just kind of one big experiment um and like a a practice grounds like i'm i mean. I mean to tell you the truth like I'm not super passionate or attached to like my solo music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like a playground. Right.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean yeah. so like um I guess going back a bit cuz cuz you mentioned earlier that you were that you got lessons every day or like every every week for like 10 years. So like mm-hmm. how do you think generally that like helped you form your like you know musical foundation and how did it affect you even like now as a as a musician
1: i mean i just like i learned how to be a guitarist like properly and how to be in a band properly and that's like that's like my bread and butter is like being the guitarist in a band um i don't have that at the moment though um and there's not really an outlet to do that with the state of things Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of been like left to my own devices of like just pumping out these solo joints and sprinkling in some guitar, but it's, it's tough to like, like I'm making like my solo tracks, like just in my bedroom, like, and there's, there's no, there's no other drummer or bass player. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm left to just like the electronic type DIY production of it. <laughs> Sorry. Drop my, drop my fidget spinner.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> have those.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> makes me um,
1: so yeah I mean like the root like my roots have have always been like as a guitarist and even even if the music isn't a guitar playing a lot of the ideas came from the guitar
0: mm, okay nice like how do you think um yeah so for you what are the main differences between? Kind of like, you know, um, or like a more like interesting question, I think was like, do you feel like you've like grown more, um, you know, do creating music by yourself or creating music through, through, through like a band or like ensemble situation?
1: I think I'll, I'll always feel stronger about collaborations than songs that I have that I made on my own. Um it's kind of like a portrayal of the like the project you collab collaboratively worked on with someone else that you're both proud of, and it's like a teamwork thing, team effort thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so I'll yeah, I'll I'll always feel stronger about collaborations or things. I mean, being in a band is the ultimate collaboration. and like I think it's the most natural. I think it's how music's supposed to be written in like you have your instrument in your hand and you're working with someone else that also has their instrument in their hand there's no there's no computer screens or or programming midi or shit like that like it's just like you're you're playing your you're playing your damn thing with the other person who's playing his damn thing
0: right yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah yeah cuz like sort of it comes me, down to yeah cuz uh, cuz for me like ultimately one day i do want to be in a band situation but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I barely have experience kind of like working, or, you know, actively making music with, you know, another person because I'm way more comfortable with just like creating ideas and then sharing it with, with another person mm-hmm. to kind of like, you know, add something. But uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't have enough, ex- enough experience kind of like being in the moment, being in a jam session and then something coming out of that.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I think I think that's yeah. also kind of where I thrive is in improvisational settings Hmm. um that's where i feel like most content in music writing and in a music environment when it's like you you're you have like a groove going and it's like taking turns and like crafting this thing in the moment is where it feels the most right for me where on the other hand is like putting things tangible things and tidbits together in a computer software is like where it doesn't feel as nat it's a great outlet i enjoy it like i don't want to knock it but i'm a lot more like in the flow of things and that's that's where i feel like most content in yeah. making music
2: how, how do you pick the right sort of a group of people to to start a band with they you are know, coming from like you know
1: yeah i mean that's a that's a good question like my my last band the mariguanas like we got really lucky because like we were kind of put in this in in the school like Dan and I went to like we had like a rock combo program where you kind of like are put in groups to be to be in a rock band for the semester Mm -hmm. and I formed that band like half with my friends and half with people that were assigned to the group and we, we would learn like the songs that we were like supposed to learn. And then we would just kind of stay after the rehearsal and jam and stuff and develop this chemistry. So that, that project just kind of like worked itself out and we developed like our chemistry, but now like I'm, I'm going to look to start a band from scratch again. And I think like the, the most important thing that I'm looking for right now is like reliable people. Mm-hmm. and like the most important the most important part of starting a new band is momentum and like keeping the momentum and the excitement and like if you if you have someone in your band that's just like flaking on rehearsals right it's just not gonna ha- like it's just not mm-hmm. gonna take off it's it's like like this might sound dramatic but it's like literally cancer for a new right. project
2: oh.
0: yeah yeah no definitely yeah I mean, so when so okay, speaking of that, like like uh do you have any kind of like or like what have been some like frustrating kind of like moments in your experience working with a band that you think you can like give it give advice to, you know, other people in bands to kind of like avoid?
2: Yeah, like what are what are some signs to look out for, you know, when you just need to move on to the next project?
1: I mean, if like if people like if you're trying to make plans and it's just like people can't commit to the plan or they commit and then the it's the dates coming up and they're like, actually, I can't do it. Then that's like that's a big <laughs> red flag for me, like especially in the beginning, because like I don't I don't like waiting around for people and like I don't I don't think anybody else should have to wait around for people because mm. um, it's it's just not doing anyone any good. Um, And it's like those logistical problems hold huge weight on the creative problems. So it's, it's like, it's no, it's like no fucking joke that like the logistical things are the most important part of a band and not just the musicality and the creativity.
0: Yeah. Every band should, should start using notion. I believe you, know you what just got to show
1: like? up. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny like
2: how, how many musicians I I've we've spoken to and that, that seems to be like the the underlying issue with like a lot of breakups just like people just don't show up. Like
1: why is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. I think like just, I think a lot of musicians have became became musicians because it was kind of a way to rebel. -hmm. Against something that they didn't want to show up to in the first place. (laughs) It sounds like an endless cycle. (laughs) That's true. So maybe that's why it's in a lot of blood. Um, But not to knock all musicians. Like there's plenty of reliable musicians. Yeah. yeah. You just got to find the right ones, I guess. Yeah. Um, But there's definitely, there's definitely like a a stereotype of like musicians being kind of like unreliable like mm-hmm. deadbeat which like there's plenty of those out there and there's plenty very driven and hard-working musicians that are reliable um so i don't know
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean that is the case so i guess i mean for me i think i'm somewhere in between not wanting to wait on other people and then and then also being that deadbeat so i guess yeah you wouldn't
2: <laughs> want him but... in a band oh, oh it's call, a 50, I'll 50, 50 I'll chance it,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but like i mean i guess that's why you know i personally gravitate towards or not even gravitate but i guess i'm just used to working on music by myself and, and when i pace. do yeah, I guess so. And just like but it but it is frustrating when I do outsource something to somebody. And the thing is that I'm just like naturally impatient. So probably the them is just like a normal turnaround time. Which is but funny because you're always
2: late too. So yeah, it's, it's, you gotta I, choose your own lane. Yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? I,
0: I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I'm a mess. Like I'm I am i am absolute mess. But anyway, speaking of which work on yourself like,
1: before you work on your music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: How, how's your the how's like your awesome. album coming? Oh, that it's uh going slowly but surely there Hmm. should be a release for the single coming up soon but like yeah it's been a long it's been a long uh is that the first is
2: that the first like plug oh my plug, like, well, yeah, like it, uh, in, yeah in the yeah I, I guess so yeah, yeah. i guess I just, I just like, cats yeah. out the bag
0: i mean i don't think i've been keeping a secret at least on my own social media and stuff but yeah yeah like it's like it's like moving on slowly but surely but speaking of which let's talk about your music specifically because you just released a single what like two weeks ago or like a week ago
1: uh i'm trying to think of the date
0: yeah it's it says like on your page like, like february yeah february 5th
1: oh okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah so like yeah so i mean if you want we could just take this time now to kind of like listen to it and then after we finish listening to it we could just like talk about it okay how you formed it and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah okay Okay. so we we collectively listen to it together and then talk after that
0: yeah something like that okay yeah
1: Yeah. all right let it spin Boop. boop
0: Hey guys welcome back to this episode of sounds like nyc and we've just finished listening to derek's latest single um i just forgot it
1: it's called you don't love me
0: you don't love me thank you very much love. i See, make fantastic uh, well, you
2: know what's funny it's the first time like we've actually come back from listening to the music you don't mess up
0: you were doing so good I was, uh, you know, I, again, 50-50 with me Yeah you know, 50-50 But yeah, yeah, I mean, tell us about like how you like formed the song Like, because you said before that, you know, that you weren't like um, Or or like in a sense that you're not like really attached to the uh, music that you make by yourself But like, I mean, do you have kind of like a specific, you know, like frame of reference as to why you made this specifically or like, yeah. So what was going on basically with you when you were like making this song? Well,
1: I, I got, uh, do you know, splice? Audio? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I started subscribing to splice, like right before I made this one. So th- this track is actually very heavily sample based. Um, like obviously the vocals are vocal samples. So I think like this song was kind of just like the first, uh thing i pumped out with this new tool in my toolbox that i was like playing around with like the i wish i wish i came up with that intro keyboard part that's kind of like reoccurring throughout the song that's also a a sample that um pretty much direct like i I put some reverb and some other processing on it but um this one like i definitely just kind of pumped out like it only took me a few weeks to, like, really make. Um, and there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, like, production technique that went into it. Um, it was just kind of like I was playing around, um, recorded my own guitar and my own guitar solo. And, um, yeah, I think it was just kind of a practicing grounds. And then, like, I wanted another, like, content piece to... Practice like music marketing with, mm-hmm. so I have like a, a bit of a Spotify playlist curator network that I was able to pitch this to and creeping on ten thousand streams with it. Fancy, um yeah. And I, I, th- I mean, I'm not like not passionate about it, but it isn't like the be all end all of like my aspiration and goals mm-hmm. for myself as an text, artist. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like talking about cause again, kind of like it seems like a bunch of your like marketing um experience kind of ties into how successful you've been so far on Spotify and stuff like that. So um I mean it seems like David wants to talk about it, but I see him hovering over like your like No,
2: I'm just always huh? like I, I like seeing like the data, I guess, of like how an artist does. Mm-hmm. I guess like the Spotify rap is just like the easiest way for us to see like what like a a small picture of that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like 25,000 listeners, 84 countries, 38,000 streams, like how does that all just add up? And like how do you get to that point?
1: I um I mean like I've I have a good network of like Spotify playlist curators that like I use for work and use for uh, myself and this last one i actually got support from like chill nation
0: Ooh, cool.
1: um i just i met one of the founders like through a facebook group oh, um wow and it's kind of as easy as that like this is a track i'm working on i, I like it like i'll throw it on my playlist
0: nice so like um, oh, yeah
1: and yeah uh, i um a handful of my, like, I'd say the majority of my songs, like, including this one, are kind of like lo fi. And a while ago, I made a connection with like a good lo fi playlist curator that's pretty much responsible for a lot of the um, listeners on my songs, uh, Overpass, and um, what's the All of This Is a Gift. Mm. Um, so, those, like, I, I, kind of I, I got them both on the same like very active lo-fi Spotify playlist that I have a connection with that curator with.
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah. So like speaking of um so yeah. So do you have any any like um Advice for you know people like me, you know I'm about to release my first proper debut single and stuff like that. Like, what advice or what steps should people like me take to really maximize, you know, a, a you know single release in terms of marketing and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Like, should I pour marketing or sort of pour money into doing ads and promotions like on Facebook and Instagram? And you know, mm-hmm. what are the what are the steps? Just
1: just go on the corners and hand out this CDs. This is just for
0: me. This is, <laughs> yeah. But like, tell us. Yeah. Kind well, of. I like, mean, like. like yeah.
1: The, like at the foundation of it, like the two ways to get quote streams on Spotify at at an independent artist level, like a DIY level, is kind of one through what I was talking about, just like finding independent Spotify playlist curators and pitching your music to them, or or just hiring a service that does pitching for you or stuff like that and then the other is via um targeted facebook and instagram ads that direct traffic to your spotify um you'll via like the time and money investment that you'll probably put into playlist pitching you'll get a higher stream volume probably but i always say that um with the targeted Facebook and Instagram ads, like that's your better bet at like building a true fan base and, and having better like listener retention um, because they're actually like identifying with you and sh- you're showing them something that should be convincing enough for them to click the listen now button on the ad and then go to your Spotify and then for them to stream there mm. Um, with that though, like, your results are only going to be as effective as how good your video content is and like these days it's just like a visualizer a visualizer that like has your album cover and it says like out now is just not going to cut it and your cost per click is just going to be through the roof Um, and I've split tested that with the same song the same the same segment of a song with different video creatives and it was like one video creative that was a visualizer was like thirty cents. Another was like with a different thing was like twenty five cents. And then when I finally like put together like a dope video edit, it was eight cents per click. And we were starting to get like good Spotify results because of that. But like before that, it was just like not even worth running. Mm-hmm. So you get you got to really like hone the skills with that, and it's a it's a craft, and you, you kind of gotta learn it like it's a, like it's a DAW or or you're learning an instrument.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: With playlist pitching, like, it's just, like, really important that you um, keep an eye out for, like, botted and, and authentic playlist curators and services because it's, like, unfortunately, there's just, like, more of that than, than there's legit playlist curators and services that take submissions. So, I use a tool called Spot on Track that allows me to, like, see the following history of a playlist on Spotify. And basically, like, what I'm able to realize is, like, all the playlist curators that take submission and probably, like, ask for money for placement, you you look at their graphs on spot on track to see, like, the following history. And it, like, literally looks like a staircase, like, <laughs> over overnight, it grows 10,000 followers and then nothing, nothing, nothing. And then one night, it'll just drop 5,000 followers. And um you start you like with a lot of those types of playlist curators like you you see a lot of streams from like just weird ass places like buffalo new york or like <laughs>
0: oh,
1: obscure obscure towns in like new jersey or just like thousands of listeners from from towns that have a population of like a few thousand people it just like make any sense <laughs>
0: yeah i mean maybe or maybe that's
1: just where you go
0: next but like yeah but you but you mentioned like a lot of like interesting stuff first i want to touch on kind of like how does one make an engaging video um that you, that you can like market and like promote well that we you know properly lead back to your spotify because you were mentioning how you did testing and stuff like that so what is like a, a generally engaging video from your experience
1: um for my job like i work with a lot of artists that like already have music videos and it's clear like if their music video is cool it'll produce better results if it's not then it, it won't Um, what I did for this last release, which like, I actually wish worked a lot better than it did, but I wasn't really super happy with the results, but like I took this video of like myself, myself like shaving Mm -hmm. and had like cool visualizers in the background. I bought a green screen too. Um, I can actually show it to you guys.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Um, do you mind enabling the screen share? Oh
0: yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Awesome. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, that one. So, no, no, was, no, oh, no, one. One. oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't love me.
1: Yeah, I mean, like that was that was my stab at this ad campaign. But like, I don't know, I was getting like 19 cents per click and I, I wasn't like I, I got a handful of streams from that. And like it was good because I was directing traffic to my whole like artist catalog in a playlist. So I was like getting streams on like other songs, not just that one. But um, I don't know, I just kind of like switched it off. I wasn't like too thrilled uh, with the results and uh, um but i i mean like i guess that's a good example of like an interesting engaging video and not just like a template like out now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah okay interesting Yeah, and like
1: I, I was getting like through that too like i was getting like a handful of like followers on instagram and mm-hmm. and um comments and like some dms here and there so it's like that's the that's the cool thing with the ads is that there's there's a lot more runoff into other platforms um and you might like you might not capture them in spotify but you could capture them in instagram and like Mm -hmm. it's it's a good like fan generator machine is just like continuously run ads and like retarget those people with the next song and shit like that but it's kind of expensive and like like I said, like, I I don't I don't care enough about my personal music to invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars into it. But like, when I'm in a band, again, that I like, I I think the thing with my personal music is like, there's, there's no there's no end goal of a like a live show. I don't think there will ever be a, a live Derek Moss show because like, the type of music I'm making is not for a live performance experience. Like it's, it's just to listen to it in your headphones, like while you're on the subway or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, like I, I'm more passionate about the being able to like perform music for people live than I am about like putting out songs for them to tell me that they listen to it
0: yeah okay yeah so like so like what is your dream so so it seems like you are in the middle of like you know searching for bandmates and stuff like that so like what's kind of like the dream so what so what kind of music do you want to make within like a band setting what's kind of like the dream or the goal for your next band project
1: um i want to do a lot more like live improvisation jamming like i don't I don't want to be in a jam band like yeah. not like fish but like i just want to be able to like play some originals play some covers play some jams where just kind of figure it out on stage that like i'm thankful i have enough like performing experience to just be able to improv like in a performance setting in yeah. front of people comfortably um I mean, I'm pretty much open to, like, all genres. Like, I don't think... I, I, don't, I don't have the chops, though, to, like, be a serious jazz guitarist, though. Mm. Um, and I'm probably not going to, like, just memorize 200 songs in, in my <laughs> back pocket.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Like, now that I'm living in the city, like, I kind of want to start a cover band to just, like, get some bread and, like, play <laughs> on the weekends and, like, have people, like, be really hyped about like some rolling stones cover that my band is playing at the moment or whatever
0: yeah
1: um i don't know it's it's kind of going to be dependent on the people that i can build momentum with
0: Mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah but
1: um yeah i mean i'm just kind of open into whatever context involves me playing guitar or bass Mm -hmm. in a in a band that can play shows Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean what are some things that you think um you know all guitarists should kind of like know just to be a generally good guitarist or some skills or just like you know because there's
2: so many guitarists out there i mean like yeah i really i really doubt that any any band needs a guitarist there's just like everybody's third cousin is a guitarist like how do you differentiate (laughs) yourself from that
1: I guess like one advice I have for like guitarists, like you kind of, you kind of a lot of guitarists are just like taught like to write melodies and take solos with like just the pentatonic set scale. And then mm. they all like sound like each other. Yeah. And I, I don't think in, in like enough like rock music, people are implementing like the, the melodic like major and minor scales uh, because those like do work in pretty much like all chord progressions and then you you have access to three more two or three more notes that you didn't have access in the pentatonic scale um that add a nice texture to the song that you don't normally hear because normally people are just using the five notes in the pentatonic scale
0: Mm -hmm. that's good yeah We, we we all know the guitarists that only Shreds on pentatonic, and that's (laughs) that's all they did. That's me. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, that's why uh, I quit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just gonna start learning more skills, and maybe Uh, you will get back into it. I'm good. (laughs) So, like, so, like, you were like mentioning before about like, was it like clicks? per something clicks
1: cost per click
0: yeah cost per click so what does that mean because i've heard of like was it uh c cpm or something like that like cpc yeah cpc but what's like clicks clicks i forgot it basically
1: just like the same thing cpc stands for cost per click
0: oh okay so if that
1: is what you're thinking of, I don't know what you're thinking of. I think of. so.
0: Whatever whatever like whatever like you you uh you mentioned when you were like talking about marketing and stuff like that earlier.
1: Yeah, that that would be cost per click.
0: Yeah, so what does that mean specifically because I'm not familiar with what Um
1: means. when you when you run an advertisement, you can't bank on you you put you put in a budget to yeah. run like a digital advertisement. Say you want to put in $300 or, or, you, or you want to spend $10 a day depending on how convincing your ad is on getting people to click the learn more or listen now or whatever call the action button you put fluctuates how expense the average amount of price it is to convince someone to click the ad uh, so if you're if your ad is very convincing and interesting your cost per click is going to be less than a not so great ad. Meaning like with $10, a very convincing ad might be able to get a hundred clicks, mm. uh, which would be a cost per click of like 10 cents, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, but if you have a not so great ad and you put in a hundred dollars, you might get 10 clicks.
0: Ah. Okay, I understand that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So
1: so like a, co- a cost per click is a good per- like performance indicator on like mm-hmm. how good your ad is and like for music ads, I guess it's like a somewhat of an indicator of like how good the music is. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it's it's both audio and visual content mm-hmm. in that regard. So you might have dope audio content, a good song, but if your video isn't that good, mm-hmm. then that's that's a that's a factor on like how how good or bad that cost per click is going to be
0: okay got it. is there something
2: is there, is there a number that you know artists should strive for I, I guess it just varies like from genre to genre
1: yeah i mean i try to get it like the thing is th- it's the purpose of it also is kind of for Spotify activity. So like you might have a really low cost per click, but if it's not translating to Spotify activity, then like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I'd say, I'd say like if you could get 18 or lower and you're seeing Spotify results, like that's, that's a good job. Um, For some artists, like I've ran, I've ran campaigns for like promoting a playlist for my job that like literally the cost per click was like one cent mm-hmm. and the cost per follower, like averaged out was like three cents. Oh, wow. Um, for I've marketed artists where the cost per click was like less than 10 cents, like eight, seven. I, I had mm-hmm. one that was like four cents per click once um but you know like it said from for myself my music like that last one was like 19 cents per click and i was just like didn't care enough to keep putting money into it like i I was getting i was getting motion in spotify um but it's just like i don't know what's the difference
0: yeah Mm -hmm. what's the
1: difference between if i get a thousand streams from it or ten thousand streams it's just like Hundreds of dollars is what's the difference. Oh, I yeah. know I can do it.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I see. So I mean, leaving leaving off, um, this, is, this is kind of like the last question I had in my mind because specifically, you know, I'm kind of like interested in this stuff because like I said before I am going to be making my debut soon so there's a lot of stuff that I'm like learning and stuff like that. Sorry for plugging myself again I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> but, uh,
2: I'll just charge you for it but it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, um, so what are some good like, because you were talking about how much kind of like um, playlist networks and kind of like those type of things have like helped you grow So what are some kind of like solid, um, viable, trustworthy kind of like playlist curators that, you know, indie artists or like, yeah, you know, not independent music artists, DIY artists can kind of like reach out to and use?
1: I can't give you like, I can't give you like specific people, but I I could give you some tools um, and like resources. Um, There's a handful of people like that have like really good music marketing tip youtube channels um like one of them is andrew southworth and he kind of breaks down like how he does his ads he's not really the um one of the playlist pitcher guys he's more of a this is how i run ads and build my fan base guys mm-hmm. um there's this dude cory i don't know his last name but yeah. he's um i could send you a link after this yeah, yeah, yeah. please do uh... He he's got a really good breakdown breakdown on how he finds playlist curators and pitches to them. Um, there's also tools like. Um, uh, fuck, what is it called? Uh, pl- tools like playlist supply, playlist hunter mm. and some other ones. And these tools basically scrape Spotify's API and compile a list of all user curated playlists that have an email address or an Instagram handle That's in really the cool. description. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it, you pay monthly, like fifteen dollars a month for like those kind of things, and you basically have a giant database of just cold email playlist curators that yeah. you could contact. Uh, with that though, you do have to kind of like vet them to see if they're not botted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how, so how do you vet them? With that, with that tool called spot on track that I mentioned earlier. Um, And there's another website called, is it a good playlist.com that kind of just like shows you the artists that are on those playlists, what their monthly listeners are, Mm -hmm. their top city. Um, It's another tool to look at. Um, There's this dude, Omari MC, that has a good YouTube channel for, just music marketing advice. Um, yeah, the YouTuber has got a lot of great knowledge. And that's where I've learned like all this shit from. Yeah. So it's like a handful of like f- helpful Facebook groups of yeah. artists that are just seeking and learning the same shit and share secrets with each other.
0: What are some of those Facebook groups if... If, if you're kind of allowed to share them, <laughs> I don't know just how like secretive just they are. Yeah. To
1: squeeze yeah. Of no, I mean,
0: no, no, not only for me, but legitimately <laughs> no, for you no, know, no. other people as well. I yeah.
1: Know. I'm just playing. with you. Um, I'm in one that's like artist managers connect.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like different artist managers, but there's a lot of people that do like marketing in there. Ah. Um, I'm in this other one called like the green room. I can't remember the exact name, but that one's like specific to music marketers um and yeah um yeah the, the i i mean like i've been like kind of studying this shit for like months like basically <laughs> basically when i like put out my first single which was like about this time last year mm-hmm. i want to say like we're we're coming up on the one year anniversary of like my very first release mm-hmm.
2: Damn. yeah i think it also like uh pitch it to like
1: spotify like those uh which got like their playlist editors too, right? Editorials. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you you have to do that like directly in the Spotify for artists portal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that puts like everyone on the same playing field. And I've never successfully landed an editorial. Gotcha. Yeah. Um and I I believe like back in the day, there were ways to reach out to those editorial playlist curators and in, in other ways that are now highly guarded.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So...
2: We, we actually had somebody on our podcast who actually works for Spotify. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe we can, we can get <laughs> a- <laughs>
0: Can't push this one. Through. <laughs> How much money do I need to pay you to tell me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, is there like anything that you want to end off the podcast with? Kind of like um, any last words to just in general or like to our listeners?
1: Um. I mean, like if you're if you're interested in this stuff, like I would just look up like the like YouTubers like Omari MC and, and Andrew Southworth. And like they have they have different like YouTube videos about like how to run ads, how to pitch to Spotify playlist curators. Burst Demo is another popular channel uh, that teaches this kind of stuff. Um, and then. Yeah, I, I guess that's. The only thing I, I want to put out there is just like it's it's all the information is on the Internet. Mm-hmm. You just got to find the right like YouTubers that teach it. And and yeah, it's it's fun once you start to see results. Mm. Um, it's like it's nice to know, like there is a way for people to hear your music mm-hmm. when when. You know, a year ago it was just like, I don't even know where the fuck to start. Yeah okay and it's constantly changing too like next year there's going to be other platforms or other ways to market I, i'm i'm really hoping that soon you'll be able to just market directly on spotify and it is kind of starting a bit um there's a tool called spotify marquee where it it's it's only been open to like very select, like major label artists at the moment, but it's basically like when you open Spotify and you see it's a thing pops up. It says like, so-and-so has a new record out, like click here to listen. Mm -hmm. Now that's going to be open to all Spotify artists soon where you could like put in a budget for a campaign for it to do that. Wow. Um, there's some other thing that I don't really know if it's started yet or if it's gonna, but it was, a, it was a whole kind of uh conflict actually, where you can allow Spotify to keep some of your royalties in exchange for them, giving you like a boost on the algorithmic playlists, yeah. like, mm. like release radar and discover weekly. Right. That, that was uh, received super poorly. Cause it was just kind of like, isn't this just payola? Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you think about it? um personally like do you think it's kind of Um, Spotify's part or do you think it could be like a good way for
1: if it works if it works well like I would probably do it um but if it works well what's stopping like major label artists putting in a million dollars into that and taking away all the possible mm-hmm. space for independent artists mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah i don't uh,
0: know spotify is a uh, is a tricky beast isn't it yeah 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 i, I mean it looks down. it yeah. looks
1: like it's here to stay and i'm just happy about that
0: yeah 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 definitely definitely yeah all right so I mean do you have anything else to say david
2: uh no i think pretty much good
0: no okay cool so thank you guys for watching this episode of sounds like nyc uh see you in the next one